Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. The following is an encore segment of SEM Synergy. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I am Virginia Nessie, standing in for your host, Bruce Clay. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 Pacific, and you can download it anytime from Webmaster Radio's search engine optimization channel, stream it on semsynergy.com, or pick it up on iTunes. Right now, I am joined by Julie Joyce, Director of Operations and Co-Founder of Linkfish Media, a columnist of the Link Week column at Search Engine Land, and a blogger at SEO Chicks Blog. Thanks for coming on the show, Julie. Thank you. All right, so first off, I kind of wanted to talk about, like, social media and its role in link building. And, I mean, social media everybody knows and is trying to get involved with, but there's this debate of what is the ROI of social media. But something that you can kind of concretely tie social media to is um, links. Right. Um, I think I think social media for link building is actually much trickier than people think that it is. Mm. I think it's very difficult to measure it, too, because some of the links that you will get are links that are going to happen further on. Um, and I also think, from what I've seen, especially on Twitter, it's very obvious to me if somebody is you know, pushing an agenda in order to try to build links. Mm. There are a lot of people that I probably have given a link to that I would never in a million years think they were actually trying to get a link. And so I think that's why it's so tricky. Um, there are so many cool tools out there, too, that I've been having a lot of fun with uh, that can really help you, especially if you don't really have a big following. I mean, there are people who probably can tweet anything they want, and they're going to be great, but then there are people who are starting out that really have no clue about how to do it. Um, I think a lot of it, too, the way you interact is what gives you a link later. Maybe, let's say, you talk to somebody and you strike up a conversation for a while, and they might decide they want to interview you or they want you to guest blog on their website. Um, you could tweet a link and maybe somebody's writing a roundup post and then that's going to get in there. Uh, somebody could write a blog post and basically link back to you and they're arguing with what you've said or they want to get your feedback. So I think there are a lot of ways you can build links. I, just, I really do think that people kind of underestimate the time involved with it. Okay. Well, you mentioned some tools. Do you want to, I don't know, any come to mind for somebody who's sure. just getting into link building with social media? Sure. I actually, um, I think Ice Rocket is probably my favorite right now because a lot of the tools I look at are mainly for Twitter. And Ice Rocket is good for Facebook. It lets you search, you know, all kinds of things. You can just see in general what people are talking about. But Follower Walk is really, really good because you can use a keyword to search uh, Twitter users' bios. So if I wanted to engage with people who were link builders, you know, I could just go and search for link builders, and it's going to give me a big list of people that have that in their bio and all their stats, which is really nice. Oh, that is helpful. Yeah, I like CrowdBooster a lot, too. Um, I like that because it tells you, like, who your most influential followers are. I don't really use any of it when it tells you things like the best time to reach people is this, and I don't really use it for that, but I do like it for just in general how it measures everything and tells you, you know, you might want to engage with these people. 
Um, and, and, and then you also things. mentioned, you know, ways to interact. Any advice on, like, the kind of tone to not be so obvious? Or is that common sense, like, just kind of be a human? I think it is common sense, but a lot of people on social media don't seem to exhibit common sense all the time. <laughs> um, I don't like it when people are rude. and I don't like them. I don't know. I just think it's very obvious to me when somebody does have an agenda. But I think most people in general... You know, they respond if you ask them a question. People seem to really love talking about themselves, obviously. Um, People just generally, if you're going to ask for their help, they're going to help you, I think. So I like kind of the approach of interacting in that way or complimenting someone. I don't think that the way to engage somebody is to just start, you know, a pissing match on Twitter or anything the way some people do. I think just being nice in general. If you're actually interested, you're going to seem interested. That's good advice. So um, over at your column on Search Engine Land, you had a piece on um, some link-building tactics on a budget. Um, and it's interesting because some of the online things kind of came down to content and whether it's, you know, like Q&A, which is like its own kind of thing you can do and has so much we could talk about right there, but also, you know, guest posting, that kind of thing. Um, do you think that content is basically a, the the crux of link building? I do think it is. I think that definitely you can build links to just about any site, especially if you're going to buy them. But, you know, that might rank you, but it's not going to make you sell anything or convert or anything like that. So we do have a lot of clients who just mainly are interested in the rankings, and I just think that's an extremely simplistic way to think. Mm. So if they don't have good content, nobody's going to care. You know, they can rank number one and they may get tons and tons of hits, but I, what's it really going to get them? You know, somebody who's down, you know, at number 10 may have great content but doesn't have the rankings, doesn't have all the links, but they're still possibly going to sell more just because the site's better. That's so it. for that reason, I think content definitely is. I mean, you know, like I said, you can't rank without it, but I just don't think it's sustainable at all. Gotcha. Good uh, good point. And then on on the other side of things... In your same piece, there was a lot of um, tactics that were involved with, like, kind of the in-person networking side of things, whether it's, you know, sponsoring an event or um, making a T-shirt. Right. Yeah, I think that, and that kind of ties into what I was saying um, earlier about social media. I think just talking to somebody, if you did have a meetup and you met someone, they might write a blog post that recaps it. They're going to link to you. Um... Maybe somebody's going to tweet something about meeting you, and somebody else that's following them sees that tweet, wants to know who you are, is going to check you out. You can get a lot of business that way, certainly. Um, I think that's also very tricky to measure because it could be six months down the road when somebody decides, say, they want to start um, a blog of some sort, and they'd like to have a guest poster, and they think back to meeting you. You know, you were really funny. So they might email you and say, I met you six months ago. Would you mind writing for me every month? And then, you know, you've got a big, nice author bio right there. Well, it seems like a lot of the conversation keeps coming back to the difficulty of measuring these things. Right. How do you, like, talk to a client about that? Or how does a marketer kind of convince about the value when the, the, it could be months down the line before any business is seen from these things? Right. And, and that, is, that is extremely tricky. And the way we tend to do business, I don't have to deal with that, but it's going to come up because... You know, I can't measure links that happen due to things like that. 
a lot of my clients don't give me access to analytics anyway. I don't really have a lot of ways to measure anything other than what I do. So I would love to have an answer for that question <laughs> because I think, you know, it would be great to be able to attribute a link that happens in six months to the action that, you know, precipitated it. But I truly don't know how to do it. Mm. That is a dilemma that we all have in the industry, I guess. Right. Okay, and then kind of also attached to this idea of it matters, like, the kind of person that you are and how you treat people, whether it's in person or online, reputation has a lot to do with, you know, um, your ability to build links or market yourself online. And um, you have written a couple pieces in the last few months about that, one on the SEO Chicks blog, which was loss of trust in branding. And then over at Search Engine Land, you had how a bad reputation can affect link building. And so how are your reputation and the ability to build links, at least in a sustainable way, related? Well, the interesting thing about that Search Engine Land article is that the client that I wrote about actually recognized themselves Mm. and began hassling me Mm. on email, just, you know, kind of furthering all of that and was just being a complete jerk about it. Mm. Um, And he never really understood that I was just being, trying to be very honest because my link builders, you know, would contact somebody and kind of get hassled. Mm. So we kept hearing these horror stories about how horrible this client was, all the bad things they've done. So I think that's just very disheartening. Um, it's very difficult when you have a client like that and you say, you know, this is my client, we'd love a link. And, you know, you're like, no, just leave us alone. That person did this, they did that. Um, and from my point of view, it was just lost a lot of money for me because I'm paying these link builders to contact people and they keep getting turned down. So it's kind of like just setting money on fire. Mm. Um, we also have a lot of people that we work with that are in industries that some people might not want to work with, but they have never given us the trouble that that brand did that had such a bad reputation. I think people just talk, and you can easily go and look somebody up online, and if everything you read about the brand is negative, I think it definitely means people aren't going to want to do what you want, and if they do link to you, they're going to want money, and they're probably going to want a lot of money, too. Yeah, you better watch out how people are perceiving you, no matter what you're doing. Definitely. Okay, and so then this last question, while I've got you, is kind of just like a theoretical, like nobody knows what Google's algorithm really is, but I've heard some interesting things about the Panda update and how, um, like, okay, so in the chat room, um, there is a regular, Bryant Denovan, um, who's probably listening, and we like to talk about how, you know, how does a site like Perez Hilton rank so well following the Panda update? And his theory is that um, links, uh, inbound links, are probably outweighing any kind of ranking factors related to Panda and low-quality content. And yeah, I think, I mean, I can see that point, but I haven't seen evidence for that. I haven't really seen evidence that anything that people say, you know, is what caused Panda has been the case, though. We have two clients that got hit by it. One of them kind of makes sense, but one of them, I, I did everything to try to figure out what had happened. And everything I read about, you know, this could cause it, this could cause it, they had none of that. So I dug into all the SEO, you know, all that kind of technical stuff, and I didn't mm-hmm. see anything. Um, they had some people, like on different sites, were duplicating their content, and those sites were still ranking well, but my client wasn't. But, that, you know, after like a couple of weeks of looking at it, that was all I could find. So they had good inbound links. I mean, they had them then. They still have them. So I can't imagine that 
having great inbound links is going to save you. I think mm-hmm. in the case of Perez Hilton, that's probably just one of those sites that has really high engagement, very good social signals, you know, kind of known as an authority. And I don't see why Google would want to penalize a site like that. I mean, it's the kind of thing people obviously like and want to see. Very good. Thank you, Julie. You can read more from Julie at seo-chicks.com, where you share thoughts on link building, branding, social media, as well as on Twitter, where you're at Julie Joyce, and of course, linkfishmedia.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Julie. Thank you. All right, stay right there. More SEM Synergy after this break. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, They've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. The following is an encore segment of SEM Synergy. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm joined by Eric Ward. And Eric is pretty much the original link builder, which his nickname Link Moses alludes to. I've seen Eric at all the conferences I've been to, always sharing incredible inside info on link building. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Eric. Oh, thank you very much for the invitation. Um, at the beginning of December, you wrote an article for the Link Week column at Search Engine Land um, called How to Take Control of Your Link Building in 2010. 
Mm -hmm. What approach do you recommend for link marketing this year? Um, first of all, I love that you just called it link marketing. Um, the, the, it's strange. The term link building, I, I, I don't know where it was first coined or where it first started, um, but uh, uh, it, there's something about link building that makes it sound like you control everything about it, and it's like getting a stack of bricks out and, and mortar, and you do one at a time or, or, you, or whatever. But I, I've always, at the conferences, you've heard me talk about how link building really at its the essence of link building is that it is a, it is a combination of marketing public relations and communications it just so happens that when you do those things in the online world often the re net result is a link um, but I love that you called it that just because so many people call it link building and I think that link building in general is one of those terms that encompasses a lot of really ugly uh, black hatty kind of tactics all the way up to stuff that uh, it, it, at the other end of the spectrum. Um, that column was uh, uh, that you referred to taking control of your link building in, in 2010. I think it's, I guess the best way to say it is it's like sticking with a theme that I've, I've, uh, you mentioned my my nickname, Link Moses. Um, but it, it, I hate to say I, I preach this, but it's just something that I have such a strong belief in. The idea that people need to recognize that they cannot simply outsource and throw money at this link building challenge and not touch it in some way in-house. And I'm not saying that they need to hire a, uh, you know, um, a staff of 20 people or even five people or two people to be in-house link builders. What I'm saying is I think that there are a lot of people who recognize link building is a piece of this puzzle related to traffic generation, even SEO, uh, direct click traffic. Um, but as it has gotten more complex over the years, uh, because people in-house have so much they already have to do, there's this belief that, oh, gosh, we can't do this. We need to just go find a vendor. And what's happened, especially in the last decade, is the proliferation of link-building vendors who, frankly, sell absolute – I don't know if you'll edit this. Are you allowed to say crap on Webmaster Radio? <laughs> um, uh, uh, so um, taking control of your link-building to me means really, I guess, maybe two core things. Um, understanding that there are so many different link building approaches you can take that the majority of them have absolutely no value whatsoever for your website and being able to understand why. Uh, second, recognizing that you can't just write checks, hire a third party, you uh, depend on a vendor to ever care as much or have that passion for your content and it and making sure it gets the links it deserves as you would have in-house. Um, I think the sweet spot in 2010 is going to be a combination, a combination of company uh, that the company that recognizes um, they don't that as much as they think they may know about link building, that they probably don't know. Uh, they probably know enough just to be dangerous and that they need to bring somebody in to both review what's been done to date, almost like what you might call, uh, God, I don't want to call it a post-mortem. That makes it sound like your site is dead but, or, <laughs> or, or link autopsy. Um, but somebody to do some forensics to basically go back and say, okay, here is the 
looking at the from a historical perspective, here are the links to our site. Some of these came about naturally. Some came about when we hired that vendor seven years ago that we wish we had never hired. Some happened when we did this advertising campaign and they were a bunch of banner links. Uh, here's some totally organic blog posts about us. And then going forward then, based upon what we see about our past, where is it we need to go and who can help us know what that should be and how to get from A to B. Okay. It sounds like a shift is definitely um, on the horizon, which sounds like it's a good thing, um, a a mind shift. Um, Something that marketers are also having to get their mind around is personalization of search results. It's really, you know, happening more and more these days, especially at Google. Do you have a strategy um, for marketers to take when it comes to link building in light of personalized search? Definitely. I think the, 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 at the top of that strategy list is first the question, which is, is our site the type of site? Do we have the type of content for which we need to implement a personalization strategy at all? Mm. Um, and if so, what should that be? And if not, good. <laughs> we don't have to have panic attacks about, oh my God, there's tweets in the search results. What do we do? Um, so my, my belief is that the, yes, personalization is certainly something that we need to take a look at and see how it's going to affect on a client by client basis, the overall strategy selection and execution at the same time, the fact that Google is now incorporating signals related to personalization into the results does not fundamentally change the quality of your content. I think I mentioned in a blog post the other day, if you have outstanding content, personalization of search results doesn't somehow now render your outstanding content to crappy content. In other words, the, 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 the impact of personalization will not, in my opinion, have a dramatic effect on that highest echelon quality type of authoritative content that Google has learned via link analysis over the course of time can be trusted. Um, whether or not you're, you're a believer, for example, that a Wikipedia result should or shouldn't be in the top five. I think I made a, a, a joke at SMX East about that would be a fun game to play. Uh, that uh, any, Do a search and any, if you can do any search and not get a Wikipedia result right. in the top five, you win. <laughs> um, right. Uh, so, but, but, uh, the, but the idea that personalization is now going to somehow make a page less, uh, have less relevance or less quality, I don't think so. I think it could be augmented with, with certain uh, um, personalization signals. But I also believe there are going to be some companies for which the fact that Google is implementing personalization means absolutely zero and, it should, and that there should be absolutely no change to their strategy um, based upon what they've done to date. You know, but I, I have a series of questions I go through with every client when they're asking about, okay, what do I need to do about personalization? Should I immediately be uh, having every employee sign up for a Twitter account um, and, and start tweeting about my company? And I think the answer is absolutely not. You know, um, you don't need to do that. Be, uh, why? Well, because you sell industrial ball bearings. And no one's going to follow you, <laughs> or, right. or uh, you know, it kind of depends. You know, at the so same time. So you have time, to personalize your strategy as well. Oh, absolutely. 
you know, I think you uh, know the greatest example, um, in my opinion, and and not that Twitter itself uh, is personalization. It's almost like Twitter has become a proxy for the overall uh, um, concept of personalized search results, simply because. They're in the news so much, and it was the most visible impact when when uh, uh, those tweets started showing up above the scroll in, in, in Google results. Everybody was like, oh, that's personalization, um, when the reality is I don't even really necessarily think of that as personalization. I surveyed readers at the Bruce Clay blog a couple weeks ago to rank their different priorities for internet marketing tactics in 2010, and when I asked about link building tactics, uh, an overwhelming number said that link building was not important or only somewhat important and uh, link building as a standalone thing. Whereas a lot of people said that it was very important or vital to draw links through quality content. So what does that say to you? Are we in the right place? Uh, I don't think so. I think people are confused. I think when people say um, link building is is not as important, I think what th- what they're referring to is these silly tactics that Google finally figured out. In other words, there's, there, there, are, there are hundreds of different ways. The two of us could launch a site today um, about a topic that we, let's say we had a, sh- a, a shared common interest in whatever that might be. There are many link building tactics that have become pointless. And um, I'm not going to say which ones, uh, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but things that used to work don't. And I'm famous for saying, you know, I never use those. I never have. You know, I've never been a big believer in directory submissions. In 15 years, I've never submitted one client to any directories other than Yahoo um, and DMOZ back when they actually had category editors. I don't believe a company's success or failure is going to be dictated by 300 directories nobody's ever heard of and nobody uses. Article marketing. Why are people surprised when article marketing fails when anybody can do it? at any moment for any website, regardless of quality. So, in other words, there are so when people say link building is less important, I think what they're actually meaning is low-hanging fruit, easy-to-get links that anybody can get just by hiring an article writer or submitting a press release on every, every Monday. That is no longer going to be effective. What we need are those, um, um, from a link building perspective, is that which we know Google will find a, a totally trustworthy uh, and of quality. In other words, quality links never go out of style. You know, it's like the comment Matt, cut, Matt made on my website. You know, it's not that I knew what I was doing was going to be something the, that Google would love. When I started, Google wasn't around. And I don't even think the founders were in college yet. Or if they were, they were undergrads. Um, but by virtue of what I've noticed over the years, quality links, links of merit, links that are earned, never go out of style, and they always work for organic rank. What stops working is the, is the silly tactics that basically everybody has been relying on because Google's getting smarter. That's what caffeine's about. I think it's interesting that with the caffeine update, I have not noticed one move um, for the overwhelming majority of my clients, and the only moves I have seen are actually up. And it's not that they're moving up, it's just that sites that were above them, but whose rankings above them were based upon crap, well, Google figured that out, and it's not that a site is climbing as much as it is that sites above them are now dropping because they didn't have that foundational high-merit, high-trust link profile to begin with. That's all great advice for internet marketers looking to market with links. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you.
You can contact Eric on Twitter, where he is at Eric Ward, E-R-I-C-W-A-R-D. Um, your website is ericward.com, and you can read more from Eric in the Link Week column that he contributes to on searchengineland.com. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Eric. Anytime. Uh, we'll definitely have you back. All right. Well, we're all out of time. That's it for this week's show. Follow us on Twitter at SEM Synergy. If you have internet marketing questions or if there's anything you want to hear about, email SEMSynergy at bruceclay.com and come back next week for more industry info and experts. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.